welcome to a super special spooky scary episode of Bree and Friends. I'm Bree. There are no friends. It is just me today. Um, and uh, yeah, it's Halloween. So yeah, happy Halloween. Eat all the candy. Um, take your little ones trick or treating. You go trick or treating too. You deserve it. Get some free stuff. Um, um, party it up. Do Jello shots. That's what that's what people do on Halloween, right? Yeah. Um, I'm uh, today's minisode will be um, giving you a brief history on Halloween. Because knowledge is power. Yeah. Um, and just giving you some, uh, real, like real life, actual scary facts. Well, facts that I think are a little bit scary. Um, I, I originally was going to go with some, uh, good old ghost stories and things like that. But I'm like, you know, you know what's scarier than any of that? Cold, hard facts. Not to say that these ghost stories that I, uh, may have looked up or ghost stories that people tell aren't real you know I haven't encountered a ghost that I know of but okay side note tangent number one in the many to come um we were with a couple of friends the other day and that damn show on Netflix that I was avoiding when it first came out um the the haunting on the house on the hill or something like that i hadn't gone the entire time it had come out without seeing any of it not even a trailer like i'm like i'm not dealing with this but we watched it over there and i got home and i was low-key paranoid about that uh chick who's on the ceiling bent neck there you go bent neck girl or ghost or whatever anyway I haven't encountered any um so I just I don't know I don't connect with those stories as much I I'm not saying that the people who tell them aren't aren't uh being factual that's their experience I just haven't had anything that spooky happen to me and you know what I hope it doesn't knock on wood um, so, but uh, yeah, I'm just like, you know what, let's, let's hit them with some cold, hard, scary facts. And they're not, you know, anything too depressing, like any of the stuff that's happening on around us right now. Like, you know, the state of California is kind of on fire. That's a fact and that's scary, but I'm not talking about that. Uh, and uh, I think it's a little more lighthearted than that, but you know what? Let's just jump into it, guys. Let's jump into it. Okay, so... Here's a a brief history on Halloween as a holiday. So, um, and I, I want to cite my sources at the beginning here. I want to thank uh, the History Channel and Wikipedia. Um, that's what this episode is brought to you today by. And viewers like you. Not really. But thank you for listening. Okay, so... Where the heck does Halloween come from? I'll tell you. So it dates back to the ancient Celtic festival called, and I hope I'm not mispronouncing this, Samhain. Um, And that was 2000 years ago. And the Celts were, are well, 
yeah, they were where the uh, where Ireland, UK, and Northern France are now. So yeah, they celebrated um, this this festival on November first. My birthday! I don't have the sound bite queued up, but you know which one I do have. Because knowledge is power. <laughs> um. Anywho, sorry. They believed that the first of November uh, marked the end of summer and the beginning of a long, dark and cold winter. And they associated that with death, naturally. So they believed the night before the new year or November 1st or October 31st, I should say, sorry. uh, The boundary between the worlds of the living and the worlds of the dead became a little blurry and on that night october 31st they celebrated Samhain um and it was it was when the ghost of the dead returned to earth like a thriller situation um so they thought that the presence of these spirits made it easier for the druids nerd alert druids were actual people though I, I have a uh, side note here. I play D&D and I have a level eight druid named Willow Abuelita. Anywho, um, the druids who were Celtic priests, um, they made predictions about the future and the Celtic people, they were super dependent on the volatile natural world. And the prophecies that were made were an important source of comfort for them during the long dark winter now to honor these events um the druids built these huge sacred bonfires um and that's where everybody gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the celtic deities and during that celebration uh they wore costumes sound familiar Um, consisting of animal heads, maybe not so familiar, and animal skins. And they attempted to tell each other's fortune. So, you know, just a big old party. Um, So when the party was over, they relit their uh, hearth fires, which they uh, put out earlier in that evening from the sacred bonfire to help protect them during the winter that is coming. So then we fast forward to 43 AD and the Roman Empire came on through and conquered the majority of their territory. So with that, they took a little bit of the Celtics um, traditions and mixed it with their own and made two different festivals that are reminiscent of Shaolin. So the first one, and I... Again, hope I am not mispronouncing this, but I probably am. No disrespect. Is Feralia? Feralia. I'm sorry. Feralia. Um, which was a day in late October. Not the 31st, just late October, a vague date. When the Romans recognized the passing of the dead. Then you had Pomona, who's the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. This was the second festival. Um, and the symbol of uh, Pomona is an apple 
which some think explains the whole Halloween tradition of bobbing for apples. Allegedly, maybe. But uh, just when you thought it was over, Christianity came barreling through. Hallelujah. In 1000 AD, the 9th century. Uh, and the church made November 2nd, my cousin Tierra's birthday, shout out to you, um, All Souls Day to try and cancel out the Festival of the Dead, allegedly. Um, it, it, it still honors the dead, however, so you know there was still a little something there. Um, but, and they also had a bonfire, and they had parades, and they all dressed up, but they dressed up as saints and angels and devils. And it was known as All Hallows or All Hallowmas. Like Nightmare Before Christmas, All Hallowmas. You get it? Okay. Um, and the night before the celebration or the, well, I don't know if it was the actual 31st of October, but the night before this celebration was All Hallows Eve. And from that, you get Halloween. Here we are. So, yeah, um, here in the U.S. of A., um, the old Protestants weren't about it at all up north in like the New England, the 13 original colonies there. Uh, Down south, however, they celebrated a bit. Um, It wasn't a nationwide thing just yet. But they would have play parties uh, where they would celebrate the harvest and tell ghost stories and tell each other's fortunes, dance and sing and all that jazz. You know, what we do today, kind of. Um, And by the middle of the 19th century, America was a big old melting pot. So you had a whole group of different uh, nationalities and religions and all that good stuff. And that's when Halloween was popularized, pardon me, nationally. And, and yeah, here we are. I mean, there, there's a lot more, but I don't want to take the entire episode up with it. Like there's, we, we can go on about Halloween. It's pretty cool. I recommend looking it up. Um, if not on the History Channel's website and, you know, an actual book or something, you know you're into that anywho let's move swiftly forward into my uh, horrifying facts okay so horrifying fact number one did you know that everyone has tiny tiny little mites living on their eyelashes because every mammal has a genus of uh, mites called a uh, demodex, and 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 they live near or on our hair follicles, and the eyelash variety um, of these demodex, with with the plural, I should have looked this up. I wonder if the plural of demodex would be demodexin or demodexes. I'm going to say demodexin, are called follicolorum and demodex brevis. Those are the ones living on your eyelashes right now. Are you now super aware of your eyelashes? They're there. Say hi to your little dust mite friends. Yeah. (laughs) See, they're not that bad. Not too, (laughs) not too horrifying of a fact, just kind of creepy. 
But now, like, now I'm getting itchy thinking about it. Uh, anywho, uh, horrifying fact number two. In the Czech Republic, there's a church called the Sedlik Ossuary. I hope I pronounced that correct as well. <laughs> that has decorations made entirely of human bones. That's my suspense <laughs> noise. Um, this happened because there were just too many people in the cemetery to bury. Uh, so the church leaders said, you know what? Let's just make these bones part of the church. And this just makes them that much closer to God. Praise. And that's that on that. Um, so, I mean, that's a cool thing to go see. A nice little tourist attraction. I mean, I would still respect the church and the dead that are literally living there. But, you know, see that? See, that is where you get the creepy ghost stories from. Like, I can just imagine someone going there and disrespecting that place or one of the... uh remains and now that person will just haunt them for the rest of their lives oh heebie-jeebies okay horrifying fact number three all right so this is this is weird well i guess not but for the times all right so in the 18th and 19th century medical professionals didn't have the tools to discern comas and paralysis from death so you know people had a genuine concern about being buried alive they were a bit antsy about it but never fear because someone came up with the safety coffin so that if you were mistakenly buried you could just alert people above ground in the little safety net that's built not i don't want to say under the coffin but you know under the main part of the coffin and that's just like, I, can you imagine just being in a coma for a while then waking up underground? But then I feel like if you were in a coma and now they took you out. Well, I don't know if they have ventilators back then either. Probably not because you can't tell. And they just <laughs> decided to bury you. And then you wake up like I don't think one, you wouldn't be able to breathe, period. So I don't. I, I couldn't find anything on if anybody actually used this feature or not. Um, but that uh, there's that fact. Okay. All right, next up, guys. Did you know cannibalism was once a healthy fad? Or a health fad, sorry. So the rich Europeans in the 15 and 1600s you know, decided to start eating parts of corpses because they thought that they had medicinal properties. The blood, um, making powder from the grounds of human skulls and human fat were all used to cure ailments. Um, yeah. And, you know, for that, I mean, I think we should be thanking them. Like, we hadn't been around for too long, human beings, homo sapiens, at that point. And there was a lot of trial and error to get us where we are today. So I just want to thank the Europeans of the 15 and 1600s uh, for, for going through the scientific method 
for us. So now we know maybe let's not eat ground up skull. And, you know, I don't even know that it's not true. I'm not saying go out there and dig up a body and ground up the skull for medicinal use. I'm just saying I don't know that it won't work for something. I let's. I don't know. I'm going to stop now because now I'm starting to sound creepy. I'm not promoting cannibalism. I don't like it. But I also don't want to disrespect anyone who's into cannibalism. These are the times we're in now. You got to make sure you're not offending anybody. So if you are a cannibal out there and listening to this, I no offense. You do you. That's just not my thing. Let me know how it is, though. I'm sure if I do a a big enough of an Internet dive, I can find a cannibal who has done something like this, who can let me know. And now that I'm on it, I feel like. Can't. Never mind. Never mind. I was going to say cannibals get a bad rep. But it depends on the kind of cannibal. You know what I mean? There's a difference between someone just hauling off and biting someone's ear off, Mike Tyson, while they're alive versus someone who like maybe donated their body to, you know what I mean? I don't know. Again, I'm disrespecting everyone now. No to cannibalism for me anyway. But you do you. But don't eat me. Thank you. Next fact. (laughs) So. The film Child's Play, The Chucky Thing. I'm your friend to the end, that guy. Um, It was based off a boy named Robert Eugene, who they call Gene sometimes, um, around 1904, who had a doll that looked a bit strange. He looked a bit off that he named Robert after himself. And Robert was thought to be haunted and was very much aware of his surroundings and what was going on and Robert the doll is allegedly responsible for multiple violent mishaps yeah and I mean this is I'm not gonna lie I don't remember how child play ends I tried to watch it once with my sister And my sister at the time, I think she couldn't have been any more than like five years old. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, all right, let's watch Chucky because we had it on DVD. Let's pop it in. It's almost Halloween. We watched it in broad daylight and we only got to the scene where Chucky like bit the mom or something and she had enough. She turned it off immediately. And I honestly haven't seen anything past. I don't know what happens past him like coming to life and that's it. Um, so I don't know if this is part of the film where the boy, like Gene, in this scenario, feel like he could have had some psychological things going on and the doll made him do these, commit these violent mishaps. You know what I mean? I, I, and I saw the picture of the doll from the website I got this from. <laughs> that thing does look creepy. It doesn't look like Chucky. Like Chucky looks cute compared to this. I. I don't want to I don't want to talk about it anymore, but it I maybe the boy committed these violent mishaps. And he thought the doll was telling him to do so. So that doesn't make it any less frightening, but you know what I mean? Anywho, um, for something a little lighter, 
in the 1960s, Disney allegedly used to use real freaking skeletons uh, that they got from the UCLA medical department in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Allegedly. I, I really hope that's not true because again, it's like disrespecting the dead. And if they did do that, I want to hear some accounts of people who wrote that ride back then who went back home with some like bad juju or had some ghosts follow them or some shit like that, you know, because you just can't hang a skeleton. These people donated their bodies to science and you're disrespecting them by hanging them in a Pirates of the Caribbean fucking tourist ride in Disney. Walt, how could you? He had nothing to do with this, I don't think. I don't know, but hmm. there's that on that. Um, anyway, um, at Harvard University, there's a book found in human flesh. Cute. Um, and last but not least, I don't find this one super scary. If anything, I find it a bit intriguing and I would like to know more and maybe chat up somebody who has gone through this. I see. Maybe I should put myself in their shoes and you'll see why in a second. But to me, an outsider, this doesn't seem that horrifying. But if it were happening to me, I would also probably freak out. So. um, So people who are beginning to go blind apparently see really realistic, absurd things that just aren't there. And they call these hallucinations or the phenomena, I guess, Charles Bonnet syndrome. And there's a particular case where a woman was, she was diagnosed with glaucoma and she had a super normal life until she went to the grocery store and it triggered a hallucination. And apparently she was saying the shelves would start to drip and turn into thick mud. And she could pull an item off the shelf, but the hallucination of mud was too thick for her to put anything back on the shelf once she picked it up. And the the Charles Bonnet hallucinations they can become so vivid that people can see animals or entire landscapes that don't actually exist. And it really makes you think, what the hell is going on around us? And I guess now that I say it, it is a scary thought because if I don't want to get too deep, like, you know, the <laughs> conspiracy theory guy. We're just pawns, man. That kind of thing. But <laughs> it's like, what really is going on then? If these people who are going blind all of a sudden see all this stuff, maybe it's a mix of memories they have that are flashing back to them or, or I don't know, a look into another realm or they're like breaking the fourth wall <laughs> to be. I guess I, I don't I don't know. It's that is kind of terrifying. If I were going through that, I 
if you're completely sober and you're just walking around the grocery store now all of a sudden the shelves are dripping mud holy hell well i mean (laughs) i guess i will leave you with that to ponder it's been a cool look at this i did a mini sode that's an actual mini sode under 30 minutes if i stop talking in five minutes we did it gang happy spooky day yeah well once again thank you for tuning in to brie and friends you can find me and the podcast on instagram at brie and friends 90 uh you can also find it on facebook at just regular old brie and friends twitter as well uh, my personal page and all that will be linked in the description box. And yeah, everyone just have a happy, safe Halloween. If you're listening to this on Halloween, if you're listening to it after, just have a great day. Have a have a great week. Have a great life. Who knows when I'll be back for another episode, but I hope you all uh, still stick with me. Okay. All right. Bye, thank you, bye. It was a graveyard smash.